meditate on the, the words little children today. And, and a little picture there is, um, I'm not really going to speak to, but the little picture of the boy on a tricycle with a handle that his mum is pushing, uh, I think sums up in many ways um, what Jesus means by with the metaphor little children. And this message has been brewing in my heart for a while uh, and I want to I just encourage us today to, to really humbly come before God. Whatever, um, wherever you're at at the moment, whatever is the theme of the last couple months of 2019, uh, come to the Father as a, as a little child, needy and dependent and hungry. There's this cliche going around. I don't know, who's, um, got, who's got some Christian friends who are like young parents? Does anyone have those friends in their life? Like Vu and Vanessa or maybe a cousin or a brother or sister or mentor. There's this cliche going around. When, when a young Christian couple has children, you'll sometimes hear the cliche, well, now, now I really understand the Father's love. It just it's changed the meaning for me. Like now I get what it means, unconditional love. And, and you know, that, that cliche is fine, sort of cute, a little bit annoying as well if we're honest. But none of us here have kids, at least that, that I know about, you know. Um, if you do, oh, maybe that joke was too much. But none of us here have kids, but all of us have been little kids before. You know, having been little children is something that's familiar to all of us. And yet we so easily forget what it means to be a child. We so easily forget how to be like a child. In our culture, youthfulness and, and being young and looking young is, is prized, but at the same time we're, we're also into progress, accomplishment, success, smart, status. We want to grow up in some ways and yet retain um, the vitality and beauty of our youth in other ways. And I was thinking this week about how quickly youth culture progresses. Like, youth culture just moves so fast. I felt like just it was just the other day that I was cool. And now I'm not cool. Like, apparently skinny jeans, they're not cool anymore. Apparently, like, my favourite music is not the, the favourite music of the youth these days. I'm trying to get into Billie Eilish, you know, but I, I like one song. You know, the, the cool things of just the other day are no longer cool. You know, my favourite rappers are still Jay-Z and Kanye West. And I had to ask you guys the other day what skirt means. I was like, hey, what's skirt? I've got to put skirt in a sermon, but I don't know what skirt means. But now I know that it means nothing. Um, but the point is we grow up. We go to school. We go to uni. We get a job. We get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Hopefully it's like then. I know. Your parents hope it's then. You're like, I want the boyfriend or girlfriend in high school. But, um, you know, we, we might get a, a spouse or a house, might have kids, grandkids, and then we die. And this vision is, is always working upwards. It's always working away from childhood, away from childlikeness towards something else. And in many ways that's good. Like, we are, we are meant to grow up in this world and... and um, before other people, we should grow up, become wise, become mature. 
become you know, uh, independent in some ways. Not in every way, but, but definitely in some. It's, it's biblical to become men and women, not boys and girls. It's biblical to grow in maturity. And yet before God, he says that we're like children. Jesus says, be like a child. Now Jesus has a lot to say about um, childlikeness and, and being a child. Jesus actually became into the world as a child. And we often think it's incredible that God so loved the world, he came as a human. But how crazy is that God so loved the world, he came as a child? And that's not just, he wasn't just a baby at Christmas and then there was like this fast forward. Like, you know, we see in the the gospel story sometimes, it's like Christmas and then fast forward. And here's Jesus, his baptism, and then before you know it, he's on the cross. Jesus, like half of Jesus' life was as a child. If Jesus died around, you know, 30, 33, half of his life was as a child. He, he was a child, he hung out with, you know, mom and dad. Some scholars think dad maybe died early. That could just be because Joseph doesn't get much of a mention after the Christmas story. But basically half of Jesus' life was as a child. He would have had his bar mitzvah maybe and then become a man and, and then we know what, what he did. After that, his ministry and, and ultimately his death and resurrection changed history. But so did his life, which began with his childhood. Jesus came so that we could become children of God. Jesus gathered children literally, like this is not just metaphorically. Um, there was real tr- children. In Matthew 19, we, we read about that. Jesus wants to lay hands on children and pray for them. And his disciples are like, no, no, they're, they're too young. That's, you know, we, we only take the sort of the graduated, smart adults. And Jesus rebukes them and he says, no, guys, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus wants the children in the kingdom of God. He says the kingdom belongs to these sorts of people, the kids. You know, do, do we think of the kids? Do we think of the kids in Sunday school? The little ones? Do we think of those younger than us? Do we think of them as central to God's kingdom story? Or do we sometimes think that, that maybe the older, the smarter, the ones who know more are, are, are somehow more significant in God's kingdom? You know, a person's age should not be a barrier in them being able to encounter the living God. A person's age is not a barrier to them being able to live in God's kingdom. I mean, literacy does help. It helps a lot with, with the Bible. Having the faculties and the maturity to have a, a sense of awareness of God helps. And yet I wonder if uh, kids with, with big imaginations sometimes are more aware of, of God than we are. Having the, the ability to make a personal decision for Christ is very important. And so there's reasons we, we have things like baptism ages and, and all of that. But I wonder if sometimes things like having a baptism age limit or things like having church services where, where sermons are, are, are the central part, I wonder if that sometimes begins to make us think that 
Maybe the little children are just little children. And maybe the real deal happens when you're smart enough to to encounter God in a real way. But Jesus is looking for little children. In Matthew 18, um, the disciples ask one of their favourite questions. The disciples are super into power rankings. They always want to know about the power rankings of who has the, the most power, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus does something funny. He calls for a child and he uses the, the child. It doesn't say if it's a boy or girl. He uses them as a, like a prop, a human prop. It says, if you, if you read it, he, he gets the child, he places the child in the middle of the circle. And he says, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. I've mentioned this story before. I was sitting in a car park in, in the CBD one night and it was a 15-minute car park and I was sitting in the car park waiting till the clock struck 7.15 so that then I could get out of the car the 15 minutes would run till 7.30 and then the, the parking meter or the time expired. You know, smart move. That's, that's for free. So always look out for the signs and when they expire, 7.30, 8.30, it's free park after that, particularly loading zones. They are good. Get in that loading zone that expires at 6.30, CBD, free park all night. But you've got to keep your eye out. But I was in, in that park waiting and, I, and as, you, as you guys know, I'm, I'm pretty into I put my phone away. Right, Because I knew if I put my phone away, I could pray. If I had my phone with me, I'd get distracted. So I put my phone away and I began to pray and I felt the Holy Spirit nudge me just in my thoughts, just sort of had the thought, but I felt it was like a Holy Spirit thought to read Matthew 11.25. And I've sort of memorized Matthew 11.25 since then, but, but at that stage I forgot what Matthew 11.25 was about and I, I picked it up and in it Jesus is praying not there. He's he's praying. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Father, this is what you are pleased to do. And those words, those words like have stuck in my heart and my head for the last 18 months. There was just something about those words that really met me. I, I love theology. You know, I'm always looking on Amazon Kindle, what books are on sale, because my book wish list is like 200 books. And I love the life of the mind. I love spiritual formation and Christian maturity. I want to be wise. and I, I want to be learned. And that's okay, but above all, Jesus wants me to be like a child, like a little child before my Father in heaven. You know, the Lord's Prayer, what, is it, what does the Lord's Prayer begin with? First words of the Lord's Prayer, anyone? Our Father. The biblical language for Christians is often brothers and sisters. You have a Father. He's the Lord of heaven and earth. You are a child of God. And so what I want to do is encourage us to be like little children. I don't know why, but I just feel in my 
in my heart that this is timely for us as a congregation. Maybe you're coming up to exams, you're stressed out of your mind. Maybe you're coming up to exams, you're so stressed you're not here, but you're going to listen on the podcast. Maybe you're coming up to a big decision or a big transition. God wants you to trust Him, hold on to Him, depend on Him like a little child. Whatever this thing is that you've got, you can't do this thing by yourself. The gospel is that you're weaker, you're more broken, you struggle so much more than you would like to admit. And yet the gospel is even more so that you're more loved, more significant, more valuable, more wonderful, more incredible than you would ever imagine. There's this line, this this prayer that, that someone wrote that I love to meditate on sometimes, and it's this, Behold God, beholding you and smiling. Behold God, beholding you and smiling. He loves you so much. He's beholding you and He's smiling. The Father's love is unconditional. You can't do anything to stop it. You can't do anything to increase it. He just loves you. That's just how it is. The writer David Brooks, he tells a story of a friend um, who had a baby and as she held her first baby, she said, I love her more than evolution requires. She wasn't a Christian and she said, I love her more than evolution requires. There's something about the love of a parent for a child that's unconditional, that's beyond common sense. It's, it's, It's sort of unreasonable. You're like, come on. Why do you love the child so much? Like, come on, hang out. Why do you like being at home seven nights a week now? But this, parents love their children. And imagine what it's like with their Heavenly Father even more. You know, when it comes to our identity, who you are, knowing ourselves, a healthy awareness of sin and brokenness is, is very important. It's essential to, to what I want to call biblical anthropology. Now, biblical anthropology, that simply means what the Bible says about the human condition or what it means to be human. Sin is part of that story. We cannot escape that. We cannot deny that. And things go pretty shaky when we we forget that part of the story. And yet, the first word and the final word over you is love. God's love has the first word and the final word in your life. You're made in the image of God. His goodness, His grace and His love has the first word and the final word over your life. You've been born again. You know John 3.16, famous. Some Americans get it like, you know, put on their face for the, the big game. We don't really do that here. That'd be weird. But John 3 is all about rebirth, being born again, birthed by the Spirit into the new family of God as an incredible new creation. And and so much of discipleship, in many ways, is about learning what it means to be a child of God 
over and above being like a child of mum and dad. That so much of who we are and what we do and how we think has been shaped by our family, which we grew up in, and discipleship is, is saying, I'm going to, learning how to be shaped by the, by the new family, being reparented by God the Father and learning His ways and learning His opinions and learning His norms and learning who you are in light of that. So let's be like little children. You know, this metaphor, little children, it goes a million ways. We can be joyful, we can be delightful, we can trust, we can learn, we can sleep, we can dribble like little children. And I just want to suggest three ways to be like children. Hunger like a little child, wonder like a little child and depend like a little child. Hunger. You know, children often get hungry. I think we can, we can all agree. Um, we had the, the farewell lunch today. The children were ready for the meal at you know, 11.30. I think, you know, Winnie definitely saw that. They were like, what's all this extra formalities? It's lunchtime. Little children, like little, little, little baby children, they get like hungry all the time. Apparently they like wake up four times a night for a snack. It's sort of similar to me, but that's okay. But children often get hungry. They want food. They're also hungry for relationships. You know, I was chatting to a mate who's got a little kid the other day, and he was like, you know, my son, he just wants to play a new game with me every five minutes. He's got no, like, he doesn't want to take breaks. He doesn't want to, like, stop to pack up that game and move on. He just wants to hang nonstop, do lots of stuff. You know, a child, before they grow up, before they go to, like, kinder, Their only friend is their parents, maybe a brother or sister if you're lucky. They just love to be with the parents, love to hang. I like to think about a a child who just loves to spend time with with their dad in the garage, not to be too gendered, but just bear with me. And then you see these little boys and then they want their own little plastic hammers and all these tools and I'm not like Alan, like I've, you know, I'm not into Bunnings. I like have, it takes me 15 minutes to find a screwdriver at my house because that's how sort of non-handy I am. But as a kid, you know, I just wanted to be like my dad. And maybe it turns out my dad wasn't very handy and that's why I'm not handy. So, so maybe a better one for me is my dad just loves sport. He'd watch sport, he didn't play much sport, but we played a bit of sport together and, and I'd love doing that with him. And so now what do I love? I love watching sport. You know, Liverpool are playing at 2.30am tomorrow. I'm like, oh, should I wake up for that? Pretty awkward time. I probably won't. Rex probably will. (laughs) And yet my team will win. Um, (laughs) But, you know, I love sport because my dad loves sport. Bruce Springsteen, the, the rock and roll star, he had this song, Everybody's Got a Hungry Heart. Everybody's Got a Hungry Heart. Would we turn our hunger? We all have a hungry heart. Will we turn our hunger towards the daily bread that Jesus is and Jesus gives? Would our desire for God's presence be like that of a child who wakes up early in the morning ready to play, ready to hang? Little children get hungry, so let's get hungry. I pray as we we step into whatever's ahead that God would stir up a hunger for him.
wonder. You know, little children often have imaginations more magnificent than adults. You know, children have these incredible imaginations. When I was a little child, sorry so much that this is about sport, but my, my childhood was mainly about sport. You know, when I was a little child, I would spend hours outside. I would throw a tennis ball against the brick wall. I'd have the cricket bat in my other hand. And by the time the ball was against the wall, I'd have both hands. And I'd, be, I'd play cricket against the wall for hours. Now, that's pretty imaginative, but it gets, more, it gets more interesting. I would play out in my head a whole cricket match. I would, I would write down the scores. I'd be like playing, I'd be like Justin Langer and Matthew Hayden start together and then you know, Langer gets out for 45 and I go and write that down and you know, then Matthew Hayden gets out for, for you know, whatever, whatever. Adam Gilchrist always score 100. You know, and I'd, I'd play act out a whole cricket match in my head. Because little children have imaginations. You know, would I do that today? Probably not. I'd be like, it's all in your head, Lockie. You know, do something serious, like play stick cricket. You know. Rex just walked in. He missed my Manchester United um, jab. You know, when my best friend Christian, um, you've got to mention just before Rex about how Liverpool are going to beat Man United tonight. When I was little, my best friend Christian... He lived um, in Williamstown, still does, and my parents were looking at a house near his house and he heard that and he emptied his whole piggy bank, gave it to my parents and said, I want you guys to live on my street. He gave my parents his piggy bank. You know, what, what a great imagination, what wonder, what belief, what expectation. Would our dreams and imaginations would our expectations of what is possible be like little children? Would we pray childlike prayers for our family, our friends and our nations? If we're going to see people come to church, if we're going to see people come to Jesus, if we're going to see people come to book club, if we're going to see lives and societies transformed and renewed, then we need divine intervention. We are not going to be able to do that ourselves. We need child-sized hope, child-sized expectation, child-sized wonder. I pray that we might look at God with the wonder that a child looks at an insect. You know, I remember my nephews uh, last summer, they're, they're maybe like five and seven, they caught a praying mantis in a jar and they were just obsessed with it for like three weeks until it died as happens. But I was like, it's just a stick insect, guys. And yet they were obsessed. Would we have the wonder that little children have? Now, as we worship, would we say thank you to God? Would we delight in Him like a child delights in small provisions, like an ice cream, a cup of cordial, their body? You know, children, they're fascinated with their own bodies. Would we even be thankful for our own bodies and the days that God made? Hunger, wonder, and dependence. I don't know if you've ever noticed, some of you are starting to um, think about you know, moving out, paying rent, buying your own food, helping out with the dishes. Little children pay no rent. 
if you know of any like five-year-olds paying rent, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Talk to their parents. But in general, little children don't pay rent, they don't do the dishes, they don't contribute, they just make mess. And yet they're the apple of their parents' eye. You know, sometimes I talk to Vincent and Sarah, they're like, David helps way less than us and yet is, you know, way more favourite. What's going on, Mum? What's going on, Dad? You know, when we're tempted to rely on ourselves and our strength, just remember. Remember the kingdom of heaven belongs to little children. Remember you can depend on him for everything. We just make mess often. Like we're called to contribute. We're called to, to, to do what God calls us to do and he loves that. But in the end, if we're honest, we, most of what we do is make a lot of mess. There's a lot of good stuff we do, but we also make a lot of mess. We cannot perform our way to God's love. We honestly just have to trust it. Just, just lean into it. Lean back into Jesus' chest. To believe in God is to entrust our lives to rely upon, to relax into the love and provision of God. We're invited to trust God like a little child who jumps into their parents' arms. You know, a child who doesn't worry about the things of tomorrow. Because Dad's got it sorted. I don't have to worry about where the next meal's coming from. I don't have to... Dad's got it sorted. Tomorrow will come and God's got you. The goodness of God is the most guaranteed thing in this life. So whether it's exams, an upcoming decision, an upcoming transition, I pray that we'd have the hunger, the wonder and the dependence of a little child. I don't know about you, but with, with plastic bags, you know, this whole plastic bags ban, Great for the environment, and like I'm all for that. You know, we're a church of young people, and we want to look after the environment. You know, no matter what age we are, but particularly as young people. But the plastic bag ban is inconvenient at times. All right, it's that's the truth. I, I sometimes forget my canvas bags. I don't know about you, but I forget my canvas bags. I've got so many of them at home, but I forget them, and then I don't want to pay 15 cents for a bag, so I try and juggle everything myself. Right. I've got tins of tuna in my pocket. You know, I've got my avocado in my jacket pocket. You know, got my um, you know, what else do I buy at, at Woolworths? I don't know, my, my QP mayo maybe. Hello, tasty. In my other jacket pocket. And then I'm trying to like carry bread and milk and yogurt and all in my hands. And I'm like trying to get to the car hoping I don't drop something and spill the yogurt open. God wants us to lay our burdens down. You know, after Jesus prays, God, you, you revealed yourself to the little children. He, he has that, that amazing line, come to me, all you who are weary. Lay your burdens down and I'll give you rest. God wants us to just lay our groceries down. And he wants us to just like get into the trolley and just ride around. Ride around the trolley like a child or ride around on a push tricycle. You pedal all you like, but we know who's making things move on that machine. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, would we know that we are riding one of these contraptions, a tricycle with a big push wheel, as we, we ride our bikes to our exams, to our jobs, to our transitions, to our decisions. Will we ride and will we pedal? And yet will we look back and see that in the end, the one who is pushing us is you. Will we lay our burdens down, God, and just jump into the trolley? Will we be like little children in how we hunger for you, in how we, we imagine and wonder and hope and pray, and in how we just rely and where we put our trust? God, we repent of, of our self-reliance. God, we even repent of, of the fear and the stress. And sometimes fear and stress are just part of life, but, but there are times, God, when we're fearful and we're stressed because we're, we're backing ourselves and we think we're the only ones who can solve it. Would we just really relax into you, God? And, and then will we pedal hard knowing that, you've got, that you, you are the wind at our backs and yet we can run like little children. I just think it's so amazing, Lord, the confidence that little children have. In some ways they're so they're not that capable, and yet they've got more confidence than us adults. Because they just know that, that dad or mum's got them, that things will be fine. Would we have this, this strange dependence and, and confidence? All at once. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen.